And if you want the truth about me, my wife Karen will tell you. <laughs> it's not as glamorous as I used <laughs> Good, you're welcome to take your seats, guys. I wonder if I could just move this a moment. How is everyone doing this morning? It's great to be with our equippers uh, Essex family this morning. And it's taken us an hour and a half to drive here. But it's a privilege when you come to a place like this. Just so f- a place so full of life and so full of joy. And I love the worship this morning. And isn't it amazing that we've got worship bands like this? Man, I think we should show our appreciation to this incredible band that lead us. Uh, yeah, for those that don't know me, my name is Neil. I'm from Wales, as you can probably tell already. So if you need, like, if you need the gift of interpretation, so I can pray for you now if you like. I got my wife Karen with me this morning, so that's good. And you know, when I was listening to um, uh, the worship team this morning, just engaging in worship, I kind of, I started to giggle a little because I, I, I remembered a, uh, like a time when me and Karen were working in Wales and we were doing a little bit of church planting and we were working with a group of people and we only had one worship leader. So this particular morning, this worship leader turns, turns up the church and she walks up to me, she says, Neil. I really don't feel well this morning. She said, I don't think I can lead worship today. So like, you're just standing there thinking, man, I'm the pastor of the church. What am I going to do? Like, there's no one else in the church that can do it. So me and Karen thought, well, we'll do it. We, we'll lead worship. And there was a guy in the church. He told us that he used to be in a band, right? Like a pub band, like a rock band. Now, he was either lying or he hadn't played the guitar for a lot of years, right? So like, he said, yeah, I'll play the guitar, no problem. So we called this guy Paul up. So he's standing over there playing the guitar, and me and Karen are standing here just about to sing, and he just starts off, ting, he just got like the completely wrong note, obviously. I'm, I'm not a musician, and I could just tell, right, this guy just got off on the wrong note from the start. It's like, ting, it's, like, and it's almost like he looked up, almost like, <laughs> swallow me up earth right now. It's like I'm in a bad situation right here. So me and Karen just started to sing. We just carried on singing. And then all of a sudden, this worship leader walks up to me right in the middle of the worship, and she whispered in my ear, I'm feeling better now, she said. <laughs> so she said, I'll take over if you like, <laughs> which we were very happy to do. Give it over to her, and the church was as well. So, <laughs> so it's like I'm just so full of appreciation when you've got gifted, talented people who lead us in worship. And in fact, actually, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, The title of my message this morning is The Power of Worship. And I've been really looking forward to preaching this. I've I've been carrying this for a couple of weeks. And uh, I just feel like I wanted to share this with you guys. It's been building in me and building and building. And what I want to do is just start off with a bit of a picture, right? So if you read in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, basically what you've got is like you've got the story of Jesus who can kind of... um, like starts to ascend into heaven right in front of the, eye, the eyes of the disciples. Can you imagine seeing that? That must have given, give you goosebumps, right? Watching Jesus like disappear right in front of their very eyes. And obviously what's happened is that Jesus has gone back to heaven and now he's seated at the right hand of God, right? And then when you read in chapter 2, you read about like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is actually a really important point because like if Jesus has, has disappeared... Like, no, no doubt the disciples are asking the question, like, where's he gone? <laughs> like, how do we know that he's going to the place that he said he was going to? 
And they're all kind of like waiting for the next moment story, which is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, you get this awesome picture, this awesome story of the Holy Spirit just kind of like being poured out. And I want you to just think of that word for a moment, like poured out. You know that day when it's torrential rain and you just get soaked by walking from the car to the door? It's like that kind of feeling, right? It's like the Holy Spirit is like being poured out and all the disciples are drenched with the presence of Jesus. Man, isn't that awesome? Like perfect picture, right? So Jesus is exalted and then the Holy Spirit is poured out. And, and I think that's actually a really, really cool picture to look at when we're actually worshiping. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that as we exalt Jesus, as we lift up the name of Jesus... What happens is that the Spirit gets poured out continuously, like over our lives. So like, man, how, I mean, it kind of sounds easy in one sense, doesn't it? It's like, I just lift up Jesus and then the Spirit comes. It is easy in one sense, but in another way, it's kind of like it's often difficult too because we get distracted, um, like we got different things going on in our head. But I want to give you like a promise this morning. I want to guarantee you Right, if you get into the habit, and I'm sure you guys are already doing this, we're just going further and further, right? But as we lift up the name of Jesus and we kind of really exalt in Him, I believe that the Holy Spirit will continuously be poured out into our lives and we'll get blessed and we'll get drenched in the presence of God and we'll get free and we'll experience the goodness of God in our lives. So, yeah, I really want to encourage us to kind of like just keep going. Let's just keep going with lifting up the name of Jesus and having the Spirit poured out on us. Is that cool? Right. Because I think what happens, right, is that when we lift up the name of Jesus, I think, well, like, it's like what David says in the Psalms. He says, magnify the Lord with me. Now, how many of us know this morning that you can't make God any bigger than what he already is? God is great. God is awesome. God is powerful. You can't make God any bigger than what he already is. But you can make God bigger in your mind. You can make God bigger in your life. Man, I just feel an anointing even just saying that actually. Like, you can make God bigger in your world. Like, you can, you can ask God to take up more space than he's already taken. And you can say, like David, magnify the Lord with me. Let's make God bigger. Because when we make God bigger, how many of us know that your problems start to get smaller? Isn't that true? How many in your house this morning got problems? <laughs> Every single one of us, right? We've all got our kind of like little issues that we're going through, maybe big issues this morning. But I want to encourage you that when you lift up Jesus and you focus on him, he gets bigger and your problems get smaller. So that's a really, a really, really cool promise right there, isn't it? Magnify the Lord with me, David said. So three simple points I want to share with us this morning uh, in terms of like the power of worship. Number one is that worship frees you, like sets you free, right? You get free when you worship, partly because uh, when, we look, when we look to him, our problems start to get smaller and smaller. And I remember when I first became a Christian, many of you will know my story. If you heard my story, I got into a lot of trouble when I was a youngster and ended up kind of getting into, drug, into the drug scene, ended up in prison, when I was in prison, I had an encounter, an amazing encounter with Jesus, and then started going to the church when I got out of prison. And I remember one day being in that church service, and like I'd had a really, really hard week, right? A lot of questions, a lot of doubts, 
probably like kind of a lot of attacks from the enemy. It'd been like a tough week, right? A lot of temptations and all that sort of stuff. And I remember standing in church one Sunday morning and I was looking around and I was kind of like seeing all these people like with their hands raised and worshiping God. And by the way, what was really funny about it was that there were at least two police officers in that church with their hands raised worshiping God that had arrested me in the past. Not only like, like historically, like way back in the past, but there was still an outstanding, outstanding case that I was due to appear in court on for driving a stolen car. Um, I didn't steal it. Now, that's true, right? I didn't steal it. Like when I sometimes say that, people on the front row know me, say, oh, yeah, right, oh, yeah. Say, no, I didn't steal the car, but my friend did, and he gave it to me, and I got caught driving it. And anyway, when I first started going to church, they would, like, that guy was a Christian. He was actually in the church that I started attending. Isn't that awesome? Like, I saw this guy, like, when I walked into the church service one day and thought, my God, you've set me up. Like, I mean, it's like, what's going on here? There's two police officers here that, are, that have already arrested me. And uh, I ended up having to appear in court for that, which was incredible. I ended up becoming that guy's pastor because I ended up becoming a pastor in that church. You can't make it up, can you? It's like unbelievable. So anyway, there I am one morning, one Sunday morning. I'm seeing all these guys raising their hands, worshiping. And uh, my arms are by my side, right? Like, and everything in me just doesn't want to do it. Like, I don't, wanna, I don't feel like lifting up my hands. And then I just sense the Holy Spirit coming to me and say, and he says, Neil, just lift up your arms and worship me because of who I am. And everything in me, I, I reckon you've been here as well, right? Like everything in me was like, no, I don't feel like it. Anybody get led by their feelings? <laughs> so like I was like, no, I don't, Lord, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I've had a hard week. And I felt the Holy Spirit come to me again and say, Neil, just lift up your arms and worship me because of who I am. And I thought, Lord, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to do it. I did feel my arms going up a little bit like that. You know, it's like just a little bit. And then he came to me a third time and said, Neil, just do it. Just lift up your arms and worship me. And so in that moment, I just thought to myself, oh, how hard can it be just to lift up your arms? So what I did was I just made a choice. I made a decision there and then. And I just went like that, both arms up in the end, I said, God, I worship you. And I kid you not, it was like as I lifted my arms up, the Holy Spirit came down on me. It was like, and all of a sudden, as my arms went up, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And all of a sudden, I got filled with a sense of joy and peace. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like I got filled with the presence of God. And man, all of a sudden, my, my, my problems just started to diminish. Come on. Yeah, let's give him praise for that. Isn't that so cool? I just love how we're able to do that. You know, and sometimes we make it more complicated than what it needs to be because we get tricked and led by our feelings. I'm here to tell you guys this morning and to remind every single one of us because we're all, we're all human, right? And we've all got feelings that sometimes try to take us in the wrong direction. I want to remind us this morning, just lift your arms. Just lift your arms and worship him. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to come on you in a fresh way. I got goosebumps just saying it. I really believe that. I love this psalm in Psalm 16. It's a really cool psalm. There's a number of things that are really great about that psalm. But one of the things that David says, he says, I have, he says, I have set the Lord always before me. Like I love the word set. Like I've put him right in front of me. 
and he's my focus. I have set the Lord always, be, uh, always before me because he's always at my right side. In other words, David's saying he's always there. How many of us know that God never leaves us nor forsakes us? It's like he's always there. David says he's always by my side. Therefore, because he's by my side, I bring him into focus. And I set him right here. Then he says, therefore, I shall not be shaken. Man, who, who wants to be like so stable this morning that you don't feel shaken when the wind and the waves come? Man, who wants that this morning? David's got the secret. He said, I, put, I set the Lord always before me. I focus on the Lord. Therefore, I will not be shaken and my heart rejoices. Man, isn't that such a cool, cool psalm right there? And I want to encourage you to keep lifting your arms in the presence of God. Keep setting him before you because it's going to set you free. In fact, Pastor Sarah this morning when she was leading worship, did you notice she talked about, she said, I, I feel like God is lifting stuff off people this morning. I've actually got that in my notes. I've got that right in my notes. Because when we started to come out of COVID, remember COVID? Oh, wow. It's like, <laughs> what a bummer that was, right? It's like, man, I, 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 like I've said this on a number of occasions now, that Boris Johnson grounded me more times than my mother ever did. <laughs> Well, which isn't part, which isn't true actually, but <laughs> but he did it a few times. I'm glad we're out of COVID, right? But I really felt like when we started to come out of COVID, I really felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, Neil. I, he said, Neil, just encourage people, and I've been doing this in my MC and I'm preaching around the place. Just encourage people, and he said this to me: As people lift their arms, I will lift stuff off. As people lift their arms, I will lift stuff off. And I just want to mobilize us again this morning. Just let's keep lifting our arms because I believe that, that Jesus is going to come along and he's going to lift off depression. He's going to lift off fear. He's going to lift off anxiety. He's going to lift off sadness. Man, and he's going to replace it with hope. And he's going to replace it with joy. Man, I really believe that this morning. Let's lift our arms and Jesus will lift stuff off us. That's so, so cool. So I love this verse also in Isaiah 61 verse 3 from the Amplified Version. And it talks about to grant uh, the consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. So if you're mourning this morning, there's good news here in this. To give them an ornament or a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment or expressive, expressiveness of praise instead of a heavy burdened and failing spirit. That they may be called the oaks of righteousness. Lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing before God. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Man, what a great, great verse that is. And what he's saying is, is once again, as we, as we just turn to God, he puts on us a spirit of joy. He lifts off us the spirit of despair. Maybe you feel like you've got a failing spirit this morning. Well, as we lift our arms in Jesus' presence, he's going to come along and he's going to lift all that off. Isn't that cool? I love that. I love that. So let me give you a little story of, uh, of how this, this worked in somebody's life. This, actually, this story is from the Welsh Revival. Any of you guys here of the Welsh Revival that happened back in 1904? 250,000 people converted in three months. 
Catch that for a moment. That's pretty cool, right? 250,000 people converted in three months. They were actually sending letters. They've, they've actually kind of like managed to get a hold of some letters that were sent from one town to another town. And the letter simply went like this. Has the revival hit you yet? It, because if it hasn't, it's on its way. Man, I'd give you goosebumps. I don't know about you, but I felt like something leap inside me when I hear that. It's like, if it hasn't hit you yet, it's on its way. I mean, 250,000 people. Incredible. There are lots of great stories of the Welsh revival. One of them is a guy by the name of T.C. Thomas. Uh, he was a head, school headmaster. And um, T.C. Thomas had basically heard about Evan Roberts, who was preaching in one of the, one of the churches. And so he went from, he jumped on a train, went to see T.C. Thomas, uh, went to see Evan Roberts preaching. And uh, the story goes basically that, like, you know, he went into that meeting and just caught on fire. They said, you couldn't get, you couldn't go to those meetings without catching on fire. So T.C. Thomas comes out of this meeting, jumps on the train again, goes back to his, his town. And they say that he was so filled with God that he couldn't go home. He's wandering the streets. He can't go home. He's so filled with God. It's like he's buzzing. And he gets off the train and he goes out onto the sidewalk, like on a cobbled street. And he took his hat off his head and he put his cane down. And he got on his knees right in the middle of the street. Can you imagine this? Like, a, like a, the headmaster of a local school. He gets on his knees in the middle of the street, lifts up his arms and just starts to praise God right in the street. He said, tears streaming down his face. And then all of a sudden, there are people from the local pubs looking out the window, and they're saying, man, what's happened to T.C. Thomas? He's gone mad. He's like, what's he doing? Like, T.C. Thomas has gone mental. So anyway, people start coming out of the pubs, right? They start gathering around T.C. Thomas. He's completely oblivious that anyone's around him. He's just so caught up in praising God on his own. And next thing you know, there's like about a dozen people then 20 people, then 30 people, all gathered around T.C. Thomas. People coming out of pubs with pool cues in their hands. They were standing around by, by the side of him with pints in their hands. Women coming out of, the, out, of, out of their houses with aprons on. This was like back in those days, right? So like they're all gathering around T.C. Thomas. And he doesn't have a clue what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the spirit just starts to fall on every single one of them, and one after another. They're putting their cues down, their beer glasses down, they're getting on their knees with T.C. Thomas. And about 30 people that night just get converted in the street. No preacher, no worship leader, just the Holy Spirit falling on the street, on people in the street. Come on, that's awesome. Let's praise him again for that. That is amazing. No preacher around them, just the Holy Spirit falling. Who wants that? Man, I want to carry something like that in my life, I tell you. Man, I just love that. You know, and I just think sometimes we've just got to do it. We've just got to step out and we've just got to do it because I think it's going to have impact in the surrounding areas actually when we do it. We never know what God is doing. And I think sometimes we've just got to step out and we've just got to do it. When I was training for the Marines, kind of wondering where that fits into the story, but I don't know if you know I trained for the Marines, and that's because I joined the British Army when I was 24 years old. And um, I first went in as a supply specialist in the Royal Logistics Corps, did 14 weeks in Purbright in Surrey. Then I transferred to, uh, to, to, to the Pioneers, and I did a 14 weeks in Catrick in North Yorkshire. When I was in Catrick, I won best soldier out of 40 soldiers. Not bad, right? 
And then I got back to a deep cut barracks in Surrey after doing 14 weeks there. And I got recommended for the Marines. Got friendly with a commanding officer who had a Green Beret. And I got recommended for the Marines. And basically, he allowed me and another guy who was training for the Paras, for the Parachute Regiment, to kind of like train by ourselves. And what we used to do is that we used to stand at the bottom of these hills. And we just used to look at each other. And the arrangement was, was even if you didn't feel like it, we looked at each other and we would say, go. You just say, go, just run. And then we just like run as fast as we could to the top of this hill. And you just go against all, that all your feelings. And when you get to the top of the hill, it's like you feel like Rocky. And I was like, yay, I did it. And it's like the Nike thing. You just do it. You know, we used to look at each other and we say, go, it's your turn. Go, just run. Now, you may be wondering why I'm not in the Marines now. And that's because <laughs> one weekend I went home, took some drugs, went back to camp, got caught and got booted out of the army on my in the middle of my transfer. Actually nearly ended up doing time in the wonderful Colchester military prison, not far from here. <laughs> if, if I hadn't have been booted out, that's what I would have gone. So that's how I'm here today. God, me took, took, uh, God took me on a bit of a different, a different road. But just do it. And that's the point. Just do it. And then God will move in our lives powerfully. Have you got that this morning? Awesome. Second point then um, is that worship positions you to receive the love of God. Worship positions you to receive the love of God. There's an amazing verse in Acts 11:15, where it talks about how Peter had been preaching in uh, the household of a guy called Cornelius. And basically, as Peter's preaching, like he doesn't even get to the end of his sermon. It's almost like the Holy Spirit says, Peter, you're taking too long. And just like he just outpoured into the Holy Spirit in this room when he's preaching. And they all got filled with the Holy Spirit. And when Peter is telling the other apostles about it, he says, man, as I, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. At the beginning, meaning the day of Pentecost. Like the same thing that happened to us happened to these guys. So like he's preaching and the Holy Spirit just fell on them. Now that word fell there actually is, really, is a really cool word. It actually means to experience a heavenly hug. In fact, it's like, it's the same idea of the story of the prodigal son. You know that story, the story of the prodigal son? By the way, same author. You know, in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, Luke also wrote Acts. So he's got exactly the same thing in mind. And if you know the story of the prodigal son, like this guy's been away, you know, and he's, he's kind of like squandered his life. And then he's come to his senses and he starts making his way back to his father's house. And his father sees him from a way off runs to him, and it says, and he fell on him. And the idea there is that, you know, it's like there's, there's this fatherly embrace. Like, I'm, you know, that feeling you get, right, where somebody just puts their arms around you and pulls you in close. And it doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what your story is, that kind of fatherly hug that just pulls you in close, and that love kind of heals you. Do you know what I mean? It starts, to, it starts to be transmitted from that person's heart to your heart. And in, in the book of Acts, when Peter says the Holy Spirit fell on the household of Cornelius, it's exactly the same idea. So it, the Spirit gets poured out into that, into that house, and they experience a heavenly hug. And I kind of just want to ask the question, really, this morning. I mean, do you need a heavenly hug? Do you feel like this morning you could just do with God flinging his arms around you and pulling you in close 
and giving you a hug. And you experiencing the love of the father like the prodigal son. You know, the prodigal son thought he had to get A, B, and C right. Or do certain things before he could be accepted by his father. But his father wouldn't have any of it. In fact, if you read the story, his father interrupts him in the, in, in the middle of a sentence. Because the, because the guy, the son, thinks he's got to do certain things to be accepted. And the father butts in and stops him. If you read the story, it's awesome how he just like does that. It's just like, no, you don't have to do anything. Just receive my love. Because how many of us know this morning there's only love that can really change you? You know, I love Proverbs 19 verse 22 where it says that what every person desires is unfailing love. It's kind of God's kind of love, God's unconditional type of love is a kind of love that reaches out to you whether you know it or not. It's the kind of love that kind of embraces you even, even whether you respond to it or not. In fact, even psychologists actually say that, you know, they've discovered that really what people are looking for is love. And they'll say that the sort of love that people are looking for is a love with no strings attached. In other words, will you just love me because of who I am? I don't have to jump through any hoops. I don't have to prove anything. I just feel, I just want to feel like I'm home. <laughs> Anybody in the room want to feel like they're at home? We all do, don't we? I mean, we all kind of like feel like we want to be home. We want to be, we want to be connected we feel like, I don't know if about you, but before I became a Christian, I always felt like I was on the outside looking in. Now, that's not always easy to put into words because, like, what do you mean by that, Neil? I don't know. It was a feeling. It was like a feeling. I always felt like I was on the outside looking in. And I wasn't really in the circle. I, re I didn't feel like I was in the embrace. Do you know what I mean? But since I've become a Christian, that's kind of really grown. And I've, like, I've been a Christian now 19 years, and I've kind of worked on this and uh, agreed, you know, because I think that's part of it. I've agreed with how much God loves me because often it goes against what you feel once again, but I've, I've you know, brought myself to a point where I agree with it. I say, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with this. The Bible says it. I don't care how I feel. I agree with it. I just feel like there's an anointing on that just when I'm saying that. I want to encourage us. Let's agree with what God says about us in the Bible. Let's agree with the love of God because it'll bring you in. And recently, I've kind of felt like God's brought me into something. I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm, I'm in the room, you know what I mean? I'm in the embrace. I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like encircled by God's love. David played with these kind of, you know, these ideas all the time because he talked about how God was his refuge and his fortress. Well, where did he get that idea from? It was when he, it was, when he was hiding in a cave, like from his enemies. So what he would do is hide, he would hide in a cave and he'd feel safe. And then he'd think, wow, man, this cave is like Jesus. This cave is like God. I can, I can tuck into God and I can feel safe there. And I want to encourage you guys, let's, let's kind of come back to God like the, like the prodigal son and know that he's embracing us. And, and, and that, that love is, is, you know, is completely unconditional. You don't have to do anything to get it. You don't have to jump through any hoops. It's just available. It's available for you and me. So if you feel like you need a heavenly hug this morning, if you feel like you need heaven's embrace and you need to know that God is with you and he's for you and he wants to pull you in, I want to encourage you, man, that is so, so true of you this morning. And I want to encourage you to respond to that, respond to that love. And as you respond, which is another way of saying worship, right? You think we're just responding. You will start to experience the love of God on another level. Maybe this morning you feel like your story is identified by rejection. 
you know, that was actually my biggest issue before I became a Christian. Those of you who have read my book might remember that story of how Jesus healed me from rejection. Rejection is a terrible thing, you know. It's like that kind of thing where you walk into a room, people are talking, but you can't quite hear what they're talking about, and you think they're talking about you. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you, view, you view relationships, you view life through a particular pair of glasses. Man, I lived with that nearly all my life, right? Like from, even from a child, actually. I, still, I, I remember it being like almost like a monster inside me, just eating me, eating me, eating me. And then when I, when I kind of became a Christian and kind of got, got connected with Jesus, it was actually Karen that pointed it out to me one day and said, man, I think you need healing. Because I was starting to get a little jealous in relationships and et cetera, et cetera. She said, I think you need to go and speak to a counselor. And so I did. And, and to cut a long story short, after five sessions, God absolutely did a miracle in my life. And I don't know how it happened other than like I just... I went for it, I grabbed a hold of it, I said, God, I need you to heal me. And God did something. And I don't have those feelings anymore. Isn't that awesome? I've been set free from those feelings. So, so now I can do relationships well. Now I can do marriage well. Because I don't have that anymore. You know, I used to be like, a, like an empty bucket, man. I tell you, you pour it in and it just goes straight out of the bottom. Love would just go straight out of the bottom. People tell me they love me. And I used to think, oh, you're only telling me that because you know I think I need to hear it. It's like a total vicious circle. You know, you just go round and round and round and round in circles. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus can break, break you free from that kind of stuff. He can set you free and set you up. Who wants that this morning? Who wants to be set free and set up this morning? And I release that over this, over every single person here this morning. I, I release that. Any spirit of rejection operating in your life, I silence now in Jesus' name. I break the power of it, and I release the love of Jesus into your life and a revelation of who you are in him. Come on, why do we lift our hands to God and praise him on that? Man, I love that stuff. I really love I, I love this verse. Karen actually gave me this verse this morning, and so I put it in my notes. Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, Lord. And I shall be healed. Say, Lord, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. Man, isn't that awesome? When we praise God, he really does something. And then lastly, my, my, my last point is simply this. In worship, the Holy Spirit forms the church. I'll explain what I mean by that. If you, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, Paul talks about like the, how the church is like a body. And he says, you know, the, the, the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you, you know. We, and then he says, basically, we, we kind of need each other, right? Everybody plays a part. Everybody's inspiring each other to go higher. Uh, we, we all need each other. No one can say, I don't need you, because we all need each other, right? And so God is very interested in forming a community of people. In fact, when I first became a Christian, it was like it was to the church God sent me. God said, go to the church. It's in the church that you'll start to experience salvation and healing and love and joy and stuff. So we need each other, right? And people have poured themselves into me. And, and no doubt you get it here in this church. And I want to encourage you to, to keep connected with this church because it's in church that you'll start to experience freedom, you know, from the people around you. And I think what happens is that when we worship and we lift up our arms in worship, the Holy Spirit starts to get poured out. 
He loves the body. He loves the church. He loves the community. It's not just about the individual, but it's about championing one another. So I kind of love this scripture in 1 Timothy 2.8. Paul says, I desire, therefore, that, uh, that men and women pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. And really what he's saying is, is like he's talking, obviously, once again, lift up holy hands. Remember that thing? If you lift your hands up, Jesus will lift stuff off, stuff off you. But then this idea of without wrath and without doubting, what he's basically saying is that your worship and my worship actually becomes like a testimony to the people around you, and it becomes an ins inspirational. Because without wrath and without doubting literally means this. I've got nothing against anyone in this place, and there's nothing between me and God. That's what Paul is saying. So when you lift your arms and people watch you do that, when people see you lifting your arms, it inspires them because they see, man, this person's free. They don't have any hidden issues in their heart. There's nothing between, there's nothing between them and God, and there's nothing between them and people. They're free. Now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain this in the best possible way. I'm not saying that if you don't lift your arms, that's a bad testimony. And like everybody thinks you do have a problem. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying that. But I am, yeah, exactly. But I, am, I do think that Paul's hitting a point here. I do think that what Paul is saying is that if you do lift your arms, then it does something. It brings something. I tell you, my heart's desire, right, my, the longing of my heart and I can sense it in this church. I can sense it in the, you know, the location back in Surrey, our family back in Surrey. And, but I want to see it more, right? The longing of my heart, right, is quite one of the longings of my heart, is to be in a church where everyone's arm is lifted. Everyone's. Because I, I just believe, I don't, know what would, I don't know what can happen with a church like that. You know, I just think, like, if everybody just turned up to church on a Sunday morning and said, I don't care how I feel. I'm not bringing my feelings into this church. You know, I don't care. If I've had a bad week, I'm going to lift my arms. I'm just going to do it. It's the Nike advert, right? I'm just going to do it. I wonder what God could do with a church like that. Can you imagine if, you, if we all exalt in Jesus and the Spirit being poured out, maybe we could have some experiences like T.C. Thomas, you know? Maybe people start to gather around and say, what's happening to that church? What is going on? There's something of a pulse. I can feel a heartbeat of that church. Because I believe it starts to hit the community around about. And people start to find themselves being brought into this place. Because of the worship going on here. Who believes that this morning? Who believes that? Come on, isn't that so good? Well, I want to pray for, for us. And um, I wonder if you could actually stand with me. We're just coming to a close. But I wonder, would you be, if you want to just, if can I just ask, ask you to just close your eyes for a moment. And before we all lift our arms, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna say, I just wanna ask you: Is it if there's anybody here this morning that feels like they'd love, they would love for me to pray for them? We're just lifting depression off, fear, anxiety, sadness, a lack of hope. If that's you this morning, every eye is closed. Okay, I just wanna: could, Would you be, would you be brave enough to shoot up your hand? If you'd shoot up your hand, I, I would love to pray for you. That's really cool. His hand's going up all over the place. I'm just going to give it like five seconds. Come on, don't miss this moment. If that's you this morning, anxiety, depression, worry, fear. 
But Father, in Jesus' name, as those hands have been raised, Lord, we thank you for that promise that as we lift our arms, you will lift stuff off. And I, I, I'm in agreement right now. Lord, I agree with every single person right now who's lifting up their arms. And I release the spirit of freedom, spirit of liberty, the oil of gladness, Lord, Lord the, the oil of joy, the oil of freedom. Father, we release that over every single person. Lord, and as they're reaching out their arms to you, Jesus, come along, Holy Spirit, come along and lift it off. Father, lift it off right now in Jesus' name. I declare that every single person is experienced, experiencing right now freedom, that their spirit is coming alive again. Their minds are coming alive. Their souls are getting set free, Lord. Their emotions are getting healed. Father, we pray for that and we release that in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. Come on, why don't we give him a praise then in this place? How about every arm raised? Every arm raised. Come on, let's lift our arms if Jesus is present right now and just give him praise this morning. Amen. Thank you, friends. Love that.